when was the last time someone sung you to sleep? <laughs> it's probably a really weird question to start a Christmas Eve service with. It's probably been quite a while. Uh, at some point, it likely happened. I assume my parents sung me to sleep when I was young. It's, it's standard across cultures for parents or adult caregivers to sing over children that are restless to help them fall asleep. And it it works really, really well. My wife and I did that for countless nights when, when our girls were young. And even after they were young, there'd be the occasion that they would have a bad dream and they'd come downstairs. And most of the time they'd go to their Bob's side, understandably so, but every once in a while they'd come to my side. And I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but I would wake up startled and just find a child just standing there staring at me. And you know, you look at them, they start to bite their lip and the tears come because they've had a bad dream. You're like, oh, honey, are you... Are you okay? And you know, when they, were, when they were young enough, I would pick them up and carry them upstairs, tuck them back in, and then, and then I would I would sing to them, and they would quickly fall asleep. It it, it worked wonders. Not because I'm a great singer, but because in me singing to them, their dad singing to them, their dad being present with them, they felt safe and they felt loved. These songs that we sing over children to help them sleep, they're they're, they're called lullabies. Um, some some lullabies that you may be familiar with uh, are uh, Twinkle Twinkle uh, Little Star, uh, Rockabye Baby, uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> just, just kidding. My go-to for, for our girls was always Amazing Grace. One, I remembered it, and it's a beautiful song. And as I would sing that over them, often, most often, they would fall into deep and heavenly sleep. We're in the kind of final message of a series we've been uh, helping us journey through the, the season of Advent uh, called Carols of Christmas. Each Sunday in Advent, the four Sundays, if you've been with us, we've looked at a, a separate Christmas carol and tried to find its gr uh, grounding in Scripture and then talk about how it might relate to our lives to bring deeper depth to it as we sing it uh, during the, this important holiday season. This uh, Christmas Eve, we're going to continue that and finish our series by looking at a song that many people sing on Silent Night, and we will in just a little bit, uh, are called Silent Night. So here are the lyrics to Silent Night. You may well know them, and you may not know them, but, but here they are. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar, heaven's heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. And then the final verse, silent night, holy night, son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming Grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Each week we've looked at the history of the song, so let's briefly look at the history of Silent Night. In 1816, in the aftermath of the Napoleonic Wars, a priest, Father Joseph Moore, wrote a poem on around the Christmas time as he was reflecting on uh, the scene in Luke 2 of, of the angels uh, announcement to the shepherds. Wrote it, kind of put it away, forgot about it. Uh, two years later, he, he got transferred to a post in a little village uh, called Obendorf. It's in modern day Austria. And so he was now not an assistant priest, but the main priest. And on December uh, 23rd, 
1818, uh, Father Moore was walking home from a Christmas gathering where he enjoyed Christmas drama and singing with some friends, and he was reflecting on the next day's services. And he thought of this poem that he wrote two years earlier, and he said, ah, oh, it'd be perfect. Uh, it'd be great for our congregation to sing it. Well, he had two problems with it. One, he didn't have any music for it, and two, the, the organ at the church had just busted. We had a friend in, in a village nearby, a man named uh, Franz Gruber, who was a schoolmaster and, and a very gifted musician. So picture this scene. Uh, Joseph goes over the, the next morning, the morning of Christmas Eve, and uh, says to Franz, like, I need music for, for this poem. And, yeah, he must have been a good friend. Joseph was a procrastinator, and Franz like, okay, let me see if I can bang something out. And he did, and he produced this incredible melody that we use uh, for silent night. So that night, uh, December 24th, 1818, was the first time Silent Night was ever sung and was sung in the St. Nicholas Parish Church in Obendorf, uh, Austria. Uh, a family of traveling musicians was in town, heard the tune, loved the tune, and began to sing it wherever they went. So they took the song nationally and then internationally and very quickly in a manner of years the song just spread and it was sung in front of leaders of, uh, of Austria and in Russia and, and it made its way all the way to the United States in, in 1839 and the world kind of fell in love with this tune. It's now sung in over 300 languages. The original church, St. Nicholas uh, Church, uh, was flooded and, and torn down, but a new chapel has been uh, built in its place called the Silent Night Chapel that you can actually visit today. And every year on uh, Christmas Eve, December 24th, I think it's 9 a.m. Pacific time, you can actually see a live streaming event where they come together and they remember uh, Joseph Moore and Franz Gruber and they sing the song together. So maybe one year we can do that. Uh, Almost every Christmas carol you can think of uh, that we sing in church is inspired somehow by scripture, and we've been looking at that in this series, and Silent Night uh, follows in line, and sometimes we got to guess what scripture are they talking about? Silent Night, it's crystal clear. It's the scene from Luke 2. Last uh, Sunday, if you joined us, Pastor Hannah uh, uh, taught on O Holy Night, and that song was also built around Luke 2, so we read it then. We read uh, Luke 2 earlier. If you go to Christmas Eve services, you're likely to hear Luke 2. If you're not familiar at all with Luke 2, you've probably heard it in Charlie Brown Christmas special. Uh, so Luke was one of the four gospel writers or eyewitness writers of the life of Jesus, and Luke tells us there were shepherds living in the fields and shepherding, it paid the bills, but it was by no means glamorous. But one thing shepherds did well is they watched, and they were rewarded in this instance for watching, because all of a sudden an angel appears, and the, the, it, like all humans, the instant uh, response to an angel appearing is fear, and then the angel typically says, hey, don't be afraid, and sure enough, that's what happened here. And then the angel says, don't be afraid, because I have good news. In the Greek, this word is uh, euangelion, and it's not like good news, like a two-for-one pizza deal. It's like really good news, and the angel embellishes that good news by saying it's good news because it'll bring great joy for all people, for today in the city of David, a savior has been born, uh, the Messiah, Christ the Lord. And for uh, Hebrew folks, uh, folks that grew up Jewish, this was incredible news. Uh, these shepherds were, were Jewish men. They, their, their story is, is our story. At the beginning of the story, humanity goes its own way and, and, and breaks the relationship with God and breaks the fabric of creation and the beauty of shalom God had built. But right away in Genesis 3, God promised to send someone who would one day make all things right, 
restore our relationship with him, restore all the brokenness in the world. So the story of scripture is the story of waiting and watching for this one that came to be known as the Messiah in Greek, the Christ or the anointed one. The prophets of the Old Testament uh, give us a really good composite sketch. They tell us uh, where this Messiah will be born and from what family. And the angels give this information to the shepherds today in the, in the city of David, in the town of David. So that resonated with them. That checked the boxes of the composite sketch for the Messiah. But w- where they found this Messiah was really shocking to them. It was a mind-blowing experience. Most Jewish folks expected the Messiah would emerge from the heavens, a, a gladiator-type, you know, majestic creature robed in wonder and glory and power and might, but not the, the Messiah as they found him in Luke 2. The shepherds ran and found not that mighty warrior, per se, but a baby in a feeding trough that had emerged from the womb of a young Jewish peasant girl. It was, it, was, it, was, it was shocking to them. And then the angels, the choir of angels, sing this song over them. And the song is glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Uh, this is the scene Father Moore was inspired by to write his poetry that became the song Silent Night that we'll sing very shortly. The most famous line of Silent Night, I think, the one that we remember and we repeat it, is sleep in heavenly peace. Here, here's a question. Is Father Moore talking about baby Jesus or is he talking about you and I? Is he saying baby Jesus sleep in heavenly peace or is he talking about you and I sleeping in heavenly peace? Well, we don't know for sure, but I think both. When you go back to Luke 2, there's this little detail that they found the baby Jesus, the Messiah, Christ the Lord, lying in a manger. If you've ever had a baby, if you've been around a baby, babies either are are feeding or crying or sleeping. The fact that baby Jesus is lying in a manger tells us he was lights out. This is a scene where they found baby Jesus sleeping in heavenly peace. Maybe Mary had just sung a lullaby. But this is also true of us, I think Father Moore is telling us, that, that because of Jesus, because of this coming Messiah, we can sleep in heavenly peace. To be honest uh, with you, Silent Night is not um, my favorite Christmas carol <laughs> to be vulnerable. Every year I wonder, I, I like it, it's not bad, but I've, I've, I've ones that I like more. And I don't know why it always gets the prime time slot in Christmas Eve, but it really clicked for me this year when I was thinking about this message. I think it resonates with us at a deep, profound level because I think it's a lullaby. I mean, think about the simplicity of it and how beautiful it is. I think it's meant to be a lullaby for all of us. It's meant to be sung over all of humanity with our restless hearts and our broken hearts that wonder if we're safe and wonder if we're loved like any child does that struggles to go to sleep. And the word lullaby literally means lull by. Lull means to calm someone, to, to soothe them so that they will go to sleep. By means you're right there presence. A lullaby is when we're present with someone in a way, often singing, to bring calm so that they can rest and and they can go to sleep. I don't know about you, but this year has felt like a bad dream in in many ways. For some people, more than others, but I think collectively, we've all experienced that in some ways. We've never needed a lullaby more than we do right now, or maybe I shouldn't speak for you. I've never needed a lullaby more than I need right now.
One of my favorite verses from the Old Testament is Zephaniah 317. <laughs> Some of you probably didn't even know a book called Zephaniah was in the Bible, but it is indeed. Zephaniah was an Old Testament prophet, the great-great-grandson or the great-grandson of King Hezekiah, who prophesied uh, during the reign of King Josiah. Like all Old Testament prophets, Zephaniah talked about what was going on in, in his present setting. But Zephaniah, like all Old Testament prophets, also talked about what was coming and talked a lot about this coming Messiah, this coming Christ. Zephaniah in chapter three tells us this coming Christ will remove punishment from us, that, that will defeat our enemies, that will, the, this Messiah will restore everything that's broken, will bring every exile home. And he, he, it's building up to this crescendo. And then we have this incredible verse, one of my favorite verses in all the Old Testament, Zephaniah 317, let me read it for you. The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you, and in his love he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. The Lord should be in all caps in your Bible. That's Yahweh. That's God's personal covenant name, I am. Zephaniah is telling us the great I am will be present with us one day. The great I am will be the one who's mighty to save. The great I am will delight in you and will delight in me. The great I am, you ready for it? will rejoice over us with singing. The promise of the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah, is that God's gonna be singing his lullaby on all of our broken, restless, lonely hearts to bring rest and to bring heavenly peace. Because of Jesus, we can indeed sleep in heavenly peace. How, how, how will, as Zephaniah says, he's the mighty warrior who saves. How is this baby the mighty warrior that saves? How is that gonna happen? Oh, well, the, 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 the great I am saves us by becoming one of us. Uh, Zephaniah says, the Lord your God is with us. That was one of the names given Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God knew to save us, he had to become like us. He had to come near. You can't sing lullabies from a distance. You can't love from a distance. God had to come close. Uh, Jesus is how the great I am saves. God knew the only way to save us from our brokenness and our sin is to enter our flesh, to enter our experiences, and only the great I am, fleshed as a human, could bear and break the pain and the suffering and the evil and ultimately the death that was in the world. Only the great I am could then rise again in triumph and glory, offering abundant life to all who look to him. The birth of, of Jesus in Luke 2 is the realization and the embodiment of Zephaniah's promise in Zephaniah 3.17. The angel's song in Luke 2 is, is your song, and it's my song. It's, it's our lullaby sung over our restless hearts. Uh, because of Jesus, we can look at Silent Night, and we can look at Luke 2, and we can look at the Old Testament prophet Zephaniah. Because of Jesus, we can sleep in heavenly peace. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for this great promise uh, that we find all over the Old Testament housed in this, this book that we, many of us didn't even know was there, Zephaniah 317, that's brought to light and realization and embodiment in Luke 2. This wondrous pronouncement of a God in flesh who came to be the mighty warrior who saves, who came to delight in me and to delight in all of us, who came to sing and rejoice over us with love, to sing lullabies over our restless and broken hearts. Thank you, God, that we can reflect on and we can claim that promise for our lives this Christmas Eve. Uh, we pray in the name of Jesus and we pray, come Lord Jesus. And all God's people said,